0: Welcome back to the Us in Paris podcast. I am Zen in the house, and I cannot believe it's summer already. How did that happen?
1: Midsummer. Midsummer, yeah. Crazy. Midsummer,
0: that's true. That's true. Um, And scheming and planning for her next trip is Emily.
1: Hello, hello. I don't usually drink coffee, but I was really craving it this morning, so I'm very alert right
0: now. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I usually don't.
1: Yeah, what? Are you a tea drinker? I am a tea drinker. I'm usually a matcha latte person, but today I was like, I really want an iced coffee, and so okay. I'm a little j- more jittery than usual.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. And <laughs> back from the exotic land of Mommydom is Kristen. How's that trip going on for you?
2: That's a trip you don't get off. Uh, <laughs> perpetually well, on this trip.
0: So, somewhere around 17 years from now, you get like a little bit of a reprieve, but then you, it's just a different type of
1: <laughs> trip.
2: It's a long trip. <laughs> That's what everyone says. like, oh, the next 18 years. I'm like, are you aware it's like the next 30 years?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's it's, college it's our- and all sorts of, yeah.
2: Then they come back and live with you and,
0: you know. Ask for money. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly.
0: So. All right. So last week, we talked to you guys about the places you should skip for vacation. Do not go to those places. Um, Ironically, that included (laughs) Disneyland um, and not so ironically, wax museums. Um, This week, we return to the more positive again. And as you all know, people are currently right now because we've been freed, you know, it's like when you see those um, in the movie where they open up the gates and all the cows go out to pasture and then they <laughs> all run out. Um, ev- everyone's flocking to the more common vacation destinations this year. And we know that there's a lot of you have zero interest in being in a cr- crowded destination. So today we have a few small towns and smaller cities that you may want to visit to skip the typical sardine can destinations um, that a lot of places have become. So we'll get to that after we satisfy our minimal sponsor obligations. When you look back upon your life and you see all the things you achieved, certainly none of them started with inaction. And when you're planning for your next career journey, find us the University of California, Irvine. We have over 80 convenient online certificates to help you navigate the future, and we're the perfect Sherpa for your next big adventure. Find us at ce.uci.edu.
1: Welcome back from our sponsor obligations. Um, I (laughs) wanted to start us off with it was actually kind of hard for me to think about small towns, so I actually had to Google like US small towns. Um it can be anywhere. It can be anywhere. anywhere oh, but like top of mind was more so US for me. Um so it brought back like, you know, areas that I've been to that I was like, Oh yeah, that's true, that was a small town. So most recently, I guess, um I went to Maryland a couple months ago. It was during pandemic, but we were Super safe, you know, wearing a mask, doing outdoor things. um, And I was there visiting family and we went to um, this place called Harper's Ferry in West Virginia, which first time I was in West Virginia, it's just crazy to me how close all the East Coast states are you could drive for like an hour and you're like in this new state versus West coast. You could drive for an hour and you're still in California. You're still in the same County. Um, but, uh, so Harper's Ferry, that's the small town I wanted to talk about as my first one. It's in West Virginia. Like I said, it's a super tiny town located um, right where the Shenandoah river and the Potomac river meet known as the point. Um, it's really cute. It's a historic town. So lots of, you know, historical museums, 19th century buildings. And it's actually, if you're a history buff, you may find this interesting. It is the site, the most famous thing that happened in Harpers Ferry in history is John Brown's riot back in 1860, 1859. Um, It was the site of an attempted slave revolt where they tried to use the weapons of the town to revolt I don't know if it was successful, not very, I I don't know, I can't, it's hard to say, but historically, it's, it's a really interesting point, um, during the Civil War too, because it was right at, um, kind of like the South, the Confederates called it their best strategic point, um, so historically, it's really cool, but if you're into, like, nature, there's, it's, it's like the, they call it the psychological midpoint of the Appalachian Trail um, because that's where I think like the main Appalachian Trail headquarters are. Um, the real midpoint is, I guess, in Pennsylvania, a little more north. Um, but there's tons of hiking trails there, um, including the Appalachian, of course. And um, if you hike up, it's not the Appalachian, but if you hike up a specific trail and you get to this, Lookout point, you can actually see where the Shenandoah and the Potomac River meet, and then you see Harpers Ferry from like kind of like an aerial view. Really pretty. Um, other historical things like it was the site of the first like railroad junction in the U.S. I think um, it's also it's called Harpers Ferry because it was a site of like a ferry service, which is no longer in the you know working, but it's cool. Um, there's also like little bed and breakfasts and like little antique boutique shops. And it's a population of less than 300 people. So it's very like tourist oriented. Yeah. Like less than 300. So it's very tourist oriented. And it's also like the tiny, tiny part of West Virginia, which is already kind of small of a state in general. Um, But it's a really interesting place. Very historic, very small, clearly like less than 300. But I recommend if you're into history, And you're into, like, outdoors.
0: Cool. I'm going to start out with a city. So, um, and this is a small city. It's Cleveland, Ohio. Um, Cleveland, Ohio has a population of only 381,000 um the at, i think its greatest peak in the 1950s it was one of large i think it was like the second or third largest city in the united states it was like 900,000 at that time um and the reason why you should go to cleveland is it is still one of um it's even though it's a city that people have fled it's still an amazing city to go visit so first of all if you are into music the Cleveland Orchestra is consistently ranked as the top orchestra in the United States. Um, and it has been quoted by the New York Times recently as the America's finest orchestra still. Gramophone magazine ranked it as uh, number seven on the world's greatest orchestras. Um, and actually, if you listen to classical music, a, a good number of them are all recorded in Cleveland by the Cleveland Orchestra. The other thing that you should go visit is the cleveland museum of art it once again is another one of the it's like this it's the top 10 most highest financed art museums in the united states um and when you think about it it's like you know like between uh the Guggenheim, you already know, you probably can name all the ones. Chicago, um, is it ranks up in the top 10 with the big boys. Um, and they have an amazing collection of art, um, which includes um, a permanent exhibit of Dolly, G- uh, Goya, Renoir, Gauguin, Gauguin um, <clears throat> Monet, uh, George Bellows, Picasso during his blue period. Um, and the best thing, it's free um
2: we
1: love free
0: i love it. you know it's world class and it's free and it's huge and it's amazing i um, spent a lot of my um young adulthood in that museum um i spent a lot of summers there i would during the summers like lots of the other uh, my friends was like oh let's go to the park let's do this and i would tell my friends like let's drive up to cleveland and let's go to the art museum and hang out for the day um and they have a great collection of like medieval armor and stuff like that so there's something for everyone um and and cleveland also is well known for the rock and roll hall of fame um great you know you, i'll let you look that up you i'll need to talk more about that and if you are a movie buff a ton of movies were actually made in cleveland including um all the scene, lots of the scenes from Marvel uh, Avengers when they're fighting in the streets, all Cleveland. When really? Loki tells. Yeah. You know, when that one scene where Loki tells everyone to bow down before him. hmm. Downtown Cleveland on the main plaza. You um, mean like right when they're
1: supposed truth. to be like in Europe or something?
0: <laughs> uh, you know what? I think that is. No, <laughs> no. I think it's actually in the United States. It's supposed to be New York. But the person oh. who answers to him is German.
1: Oh. And he's like, I
0: knew about you Nazis back gotcha. in the day. That's why <laughs> um And the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters is actually at the um, Cleveland Museum of Art. So there's a little bit of Spider-Man that was f- filmed there. And... Um, So those are, oh, oh, one last thing is you have to go see the West Side Market. It's one of those classic old farmers markets, like city markets, that is. They have over, um, quite a few, you know, I think it's something like about a hundred or so permanent vendors inside. They also have outdoor vendors. They have food represented from all the countries. Um, And my favorite part is like, you know, you go down there and all um, the outdoor, the vendors, they come out and like, there might be two guys with oranges and they're arguing with each other. I mean, they're competing with each other um, jokingly, but like, Oh, my oranges are sweeter than your mother, you know? And then they're (laughs) just going back and forth, back and forth. So it's, it's, it's true theater to see these guys, um, Hawk their corn or whatever's in season. So, oh, also, um, very last one was um, Christmas Story was filmed in Cleveland, so you can go see their house or uh, Aww. or where the kid wants to get his uh, BB gun from Santa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a, one of their big like tourist industries, like a Christmas Story tours or something like that?
0: You know, I don't. Think they really have a big tourist thing about the movie industry, but it's well known. If you want to kind of film a New York City looking kind of city, you film it there, huh? You know, because it's it's got that classic old city look, you know, with the old style buildings and the big museums and stuff like that. So it could be mistaken for downtown Chicago or you know New York City or something like that. And it's on the lake.
2: Which lake is it on? Lake
0: Erie. Lake Erie. Ah. Okay. You're up,
2: Kristen. So, I went international, and now I'm wondering if (laughs) I should have.
1: International's cool? Oh, yeah. I just can't think of any small cities or small towns I've been to for some reason. And it's hard
2: because... A definition of a small town can really vary. Um, I know we were looking at like maybe populations under 400,000 or something like that. But um, one of the first ones I thought of um, is Granada, Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. Um, It is... Uh, Nicaragua's ninth largest city, so it's already, you know, pretty small. Um, One distinction that it has is it's been named the first European city in mainland America, meaning that in 1524, Cordoba settled there. And so they, they credit that as being like the first European settlement. Um. And it is quite beautiful. And it's definitely a place where it's big enough where you've got plenty of things to see and do and you get a total, um, dive into Nicaraguan culture and it's not overwhelming. It's not crawling with tourists. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's like right on, um, one of the lakes and they have, um, one of the main like cathedrals there, which is very like Central American style. Um, And I just remember walking around, I was in the plaza area and I felt like I was at Disneyland with the amount of birds in the trees singing, how lush it was. And there were like people playing music and it felt almost like, you know, the whole adventure land area. It was so lively and vibrant huh. and beautiful. And it's also really close to a lot of other things going on, like Messiah volcanoes and other artistry towns. Um, and I, I just, I was in love with it. It's somewhere I would want to go back to. Um, and Nicaragua, the capital Managua is not really somewhere to visit. Um, I don't think it's entirely safe and it is also so dirty. I've never seen a dirtier city. Um, (laughs) I'm not kidding you it looked like someone took a dumpster and just dumped it over the city. Like the amount of trash just blowing around, like, and I would watch people just dump their, like they would buy, you know, like those like little juices and stuff in the bags. And when they were done, they would just drop it just anywhere. Wow. 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 Oh guys. Oh my gosh. Like it was, it was bad. Um, And uh, what, what had happened was I decided like, I wanted to travel and I found like a cheap ticket to Nicaragua. And then once I bought it, I was like, well, where am I going to go in Nicaragua? (laughs) And that's when, you know, you fly into Managua, the capital, and I was looking like, you're not really supposed to. There's much more to see and do that's more worthwhile. So I was like, shoot. So then I was like researching and found Granada. And that's where I spent most of my time. And it was definitely worthwhile. It was really cool.
1: That's oh. nice. Thank you for the heads up on not spending time in the capital, if we ever go. <laughs> There's
2: <laughs> uh, a lot yeah. more to see. And apparently they also have a, like a whole gastronomy um, industry yeah. there, too. They've received international recognition um, from the New York Times in Granada from some of their restaurants and things like that.
1: What is Nicaraguan food like? I guess I don't... do they have a specific like cuisine or is it more of like a mosh posh that they've just kind of
2: gosh. So I I (laughs) definitely don't want to like misspeak, but um, I mean, I remember being very central American, like kind of like uh, I remember things like empanadas and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Okay. For my next one, I'll take us back locally. Um, I thought of when we talked about small towns, I thought of like seaside towns um. So the first, I guess, the two that kind of are similar in my mind are Carmel, um, up in like Central oh, yeah. Coast, California, which also very feels very similar to Laguna Beach, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, like small town, ta- like small quaint town, kind of. Um, obviously by the beach, and so I'll start with Carmel first. I. Haven't spent that much time in Carmel, so if you guys know more about it, please share. Um, But I was just there uh, Memorial Day weekend. I did like a a little road trip through Big Sur, so we stopped in Carmel for like half a day. Um, But just walking around the town was so cute. It's very, I mean, the architecture, all the the yeah, all the buildings are very storybook and fairy tale like, and they all kind of they have like little back passageways, like through little courtyard gardens and through um, like art galleries. So you can like walk from art gallery to art gallery with little cafes and boutiques kind of strewn in between. Um, So definitely like very walkable little town, just lots to see. Um, And then the Carmel beach itself is about 10 blocks, um, obviously to the coast of the like little town itself. I, The last time I went there, so like in Memorial Day weekend, I wasn't able to go because it was kind of cold and almost nighttime and we didn't want to walk 10 blocks. But (laughs) the first time I went to Carmel Beach, it was beautiful. Uh, The sand is super white because of a specific stone or something like that. I can't remember, but it's really white sand, uh, which is kind of... I mean, I think it's unique to beaches to have, like, truly white sand. Um, other things are they have, like, the Carmel Mission, which is really yep. beautiful. Um, and I, think,
0: one I was think it's say.
1: free, which we love free, as we know. Um, and then if you're going to be in Carmel, like, Monterey Bay is, like, right there. You can drive the 17-mile drive um, through Pebble Beach, which is really pretty. Um, and then it's also Close to, like I said, Big Sur and like Point Lobos, if you're into the nature and hiking and things like that. Um, so that's Carmel. Laguna Beach, on the other hand, um, I guess they do have hiking trails. I've never actually hiked in Laguna Beach, but it's like by Crystal Cove, there's some hiking and like campgrounds. Um, but what I like about Laguna is all of the like little beach coves. So it's not just one, they have a main beach. But they have like little tiny coves just along the coast. So it's more private, I guess, and it's cleaner, which is why it's my favorite beach between like Newport and Huntington and Laguna. I always choose Laguna um, because it's just so blue. Uh, But there's tons of little small coves, and Laguna Beach has a ton of annual events, um, art related stuff. So, Pageant of the Masters, which I think we may have talked about before, and like the Sawdust Art Festival. And they have mm-hmm. like art walks, and just they're very of proud
2: things. of their art. Yeah, um, community. Yeah,
1: yeah, and for sure, just like driving into Laguna Beach, just even you could just see all the art, like local art, um, just well, in Lagu- neighborhoods and things like that too.
0: Laguna Beach was originally a little art colony, essentially, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> that was you know it's like if you were to in if you were to drive from Laguna to like L.A., it's probably like, even now with the highways, maybe an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half. And they wanted people to come out and visit the city. And that's why they created the Pageant of the Masters, was that they wanted people, what can we do to make people come all the way out from Los Angeles down to our little artist community? Mm. And so, and if you don't know what the Pageant of the Masters is, what they do is they um, create these, They recreate artworks at full-size human scale. So if there's, like, um, a Matisse with someone in there or a Degas, they'll actually make it full-size where a human could stand in it. And then what they'll do is they'll actually paint the person, paint a person, and they'll stand still in front of the painting so it looks like the painting, and then they'll do a little skit with the person moving around and kind of giving you a before and an after, possibly, of what might have occurred before the um, painting was act that moment the painting was created. Super it's really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah,
1: super cool. It's been a while since I've seen it. So I want to go. Again. If you've
2: ever watched Gilmore Girls, they have that episode where their town redoes it and you get to see it. And I love that. Oh, it's yeah. nice.
0: Yeah, and every year they have a different theme. So um, one year they did one like on muses, one year they did... So like every year they have a theme of art, and then they pick artworks that are related to that theme.
1: I think Um, this year, because I was looking at tickets for this year, this year is like U.S. history. Um, So you've got like the Washington on the Potomac, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> but it's. Oh, Crossing the Delaware? Oh, Crossing the Delaware. There, there you go. <laughs> Washington right, Crossing yeah. the Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's cool. But yeah, I, I like the themes. And I, it actually reminds me in high school, I took AP European History, I think, and we had like an art segment where we kind of did a very small version of Pageant of the Masters. We had to like True. like pick a painting to recreate and then like you know obviously draw it or paint it out and then our group would dress up from we'd like pull costumes from the um must have been like the musical theater or like the the theater group or something like that but we just took costumes from the costume area and then dressed up and it was uh, now that i'm thinking about it that was really funny <laughs> like you kind of had to make it as like proportional as possible and it kind of turned out not great I don't know. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard when you choose like, like an eight by 12 painting or something like that, and then try to make it really large scale as Mm -hmm. high school students who are not good at math, I guess. I (laughs) I wasn't good at math. So I was like, that seems right. And then we'd start drawing it. And I'm like, this doesn't seem proportional anymore. How are we supposed to fit in this? (laughs) But you know what, you
0: take a picture of it. Put it in one of those overhead projectors and sp- uh, the sp- shine it on the wall and and, and the just copy.
1: Smart, it. smart.
0: They also did an arrested development on this pageant of the masters too.
1: It's <laughs> clearly very cultural. Like it's it's definitely worth it to go see in person.
0: Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. So, believe it or not, that was actually on my short list. Was Laguna too? <laughs> Okay. Um, let me think, of, let me see if, uh, okay. I am going to go with, you know what? I'm going to keep on, I'm going to keep on with the Ohio theme. So if you are in Ohio and you're already in the Cleveland area, this is all, I'm going to mention a couple places within an maybe hour and a half, two hours um, outside of uh, Cleveland. The first one is a little island called put Bay. Put-In Bay. And it is under one square mile. It's about a two-hour drive, I think, west of Cleveland. You still need to take a... Once you get to that two-hour drive, you still need to take a ferry to the island itself. The population, depending on what time of year you're there... Um, I believe the full time residents, there is a whopping 71 people. Um, 71? 71 people.
1: 71. All right.
0: <laughs> well, it is one square mile. Yeah, in the That's middle true. Of that's the true. Lake.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to and, like imagine.
0: <laughs> and it's, I, I tell you what, in Lake Erie, um, you know, we're, that's like United States coast, um, north coast, right? And, um, it's freezing up there during the winter. Like, all that Canadian wind comes down and it just, like, every... Like, the whole Lake Erie, good part of Lake Erie, can freeze over. And that's a huge lake. Um, there, if there are... If you talk about people hanging out during the summer and winter, there's up to a 100... During the summer, it could be up to 138 people living there. So, there's not a lot of people living there. But the reason why you want to go is, A... Um, Got beaches. There's something called Perry's Cave. So it's this really neat cave. It's almost like a pirate's cave. You go out there and you go hang out. And um, you know it's famous for the battle, of the world, the war of 1812. Troops hung out there. Um, they have a butterfly house where it's which is 4,000 square feet, and they breed over 50 different species of butterflies. Oh my
1: god! Beautiful. That's terrifying. Oh, if you've (laughs) ever been
0: in a butterfly house, it is so much fun.
1: I'm so scared of not. Okay. I used to not have really like a negative or positive experience with butterflies. Like I used to go into like butterfly houses and really enjoy them when I was little. But for some reason, as I got older, uh, I don't like butterflies. (laughs) They're so scary. Oh, (laughs) They fly like so haphazardly. I explain this to my boyfriend all the time, and he thinks i so funny. Like he thinks it's ridiculous because, like, they at least with hummingbirds you can kind of they like stay in one spot and then they'll move, and you could see them go. But butterflies, because their wings are so light and fluttery, that like I don't know which way they're gonna go. And if there's a like if there's a barrier, I'll stay on the outside and like look into a butterfly house, and I'm totally fine. But if, if I'm like in there, I'll probably freeze. Like I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs>
0: You know, I've been to two of them. Um, one was in London and one was in Washington, D.C. And they are such a tourist trap in such in a certain way. But they're just so much fun to go into <laughs> <laughs> and see all the different colors and see them just, you know, like kind of floating. Anyways, you go check out their butterfly house. Um, they also have... Um, What you typically associate with um, any large body of water, you can go paddleboarding, you can go kayaking. There's a lot of um, fishing, um, fishing on freshwater. Lake area is freshwater, it's not saltwater. So you get different species of fish, um, which is really a lot of fun. Uh, So... I think Putin bay is one of my favorite places. And also, the island was occupied at one point by a lot of Native American tribes. So there's a certain amount of um, natural history. I mean, I'm sorry, American history. Ottawa's, um, Mima's, Shawnee, they all lived, Iroquois, they all lived on the island at one point or another. Uh, Then the other thing is, I mentioned, I like amusement parks if you go to Sandusky Ohio um, which is very close to Put-in Bay they have an amusement park called Cedar uh, Cedar Point um, and Cedar Point has if you look at it it's always the top roller coaster amusement park in the United States and it's only open during the summer and they have something crazy like 18 roller coasters on this and it's, it's, and it's on the lake so, it's only um, open
1: during the summer, though. But are they? They're not. It's not like a fair where they take it down and put it back up. It's just standing there, but only no, open for the summer.
0: It's only open, like maybe just a little bit before summer, and it goes into late fall, and then they close, clean up, and renovate and rebuild. Because they're always wow. like every year, it feels like they tear down one of the older coasters and then they build a new coaster. But they also have wood roller coasters that are I got to be close to a hundred years old all the way up to ones that are like racing roller coasters that are, you know, they always seem to have one. They're always competing and they always have like the largest, highest, fastest, largest roller coaster. And then they lose it the next year. And then they build another one to to beat the Yeah. (laughs) It's like the space race with them. Um, but they're also the same company who owns Knott's Berry farm in California. So, um, they're an investment company that invests in amusement parks, but this is the kind of I think this is the crown jewel of their of their um, amusement parks. So give that a try if you like amusement parks. It's just it's worth it, I think.
2: I am Beat some
0: one. <laughs> what?
2: I said I am not a roller coaster person.
0: Not a roller coaster. I sort
2: of like Disneyland. Like, they're all very mild rides. <laughs> yes, they're definitely mild.
1: I think like Six Flags, I went during one of they had like, I went during the night time the last time I went. So all of the roller coasters I went on, it was, it was pitch black. So I couldn't see like where I was going, which sounds scary, but I guess was kind of encouraging because I, I couldn't like anticipate scary parts of the ride so I kind of just had to like do it um but like going it does if that makes sense because if I went during the day and I could see the roller coaster before even getting in line I'd be like nope you won't go on that one but since it was pitch black <laughs> I was like I don't know what to expect <laughs> um I'm like uh the like comfortable roller coasters I'd say are like Knott's Berry Farm and like California Adventure Six Flags is like I'll go if other people want that to level. go See? like I don't enjoy but I'll like I'll go for friendship and FOMO <laughs> reasons.
0: <laughs> you know there's there's a what people don't realize is there's a uh, there's actually two classifications of what you guys are talking about. There's one called a theme park and one's an amusement park. And an amusement park generally focuses on thrill rides, right? Yeah. So Cedar Point is a amusement park because mm. it it is focused on thrill rides as opposed to Disneyland is a theme park.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So like Universal would probably be a little bit of a blend but really it's a theme park cuz you go there right. to see the Harry Potter, the King Kong and right. it's not like- really about the high roller coasters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you guys are a uh,
2: distinction to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, you guys are theme theme park fans.
2: Yes,
0: (laughs) yes. So, yeah, that's something to keep in mind.
2: (laughs) It's a good
1: point.
0: (laughs) Also, by the way, if you are on a date, um, you want to go to an amusement park, and the reason why is that when you are on a roller coaster, it releases endorphins, and when you're so, and sometimes that's mixed up with love. (laughs) <laughs>
1: so, so, so you want that so yeah so like
0: if you're on the first date you take a girl you're interested you take her to an amusement park or a guy for that matter and then all of a sudden they're all excited and they're happy and it's like and so it's they're confused with love if you so it's not exactly I mean, a love potion i'm sorry oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously.
2: the logic all right here.
0: <laughs> yep yep
2: uh, I'm going to call an audible and go with a, a domestic location since you guys are. Um, And that small town is Julian, California, which we've probably mentioned at some point. Um, But I remember I was living in San Diego um, with my friends who actually went to school down there and they wanted to take a trip to Julian. And I couldn't believe this place Existed like right here in our backyard, and I had no idea about it. Um, it's it's drivable from San Diego, and it's in the like wilderness basically, and it's like this wild, wild west town that's been preserved. Um, and they are well known for their pies, so like their homemade what? pies. You'll, you'll see them. Um, like in San Diego, there will be stores that sell Julian pies, and it's like a whole commodity there.
1: Hmm. Um, Do they have like a special pie flavor, or is it just all their pies are
2: good? I think all their pies are good. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm actually not a big pie person, so <laughs> I'm not either I'm just curious. I didn't pay that much attention to it, to be honest. Wait. Yeah.
0: Wait, Emily, aren't you a not pie
1: person? I'm not a pie person. Yeah. I just, <laughs> okay, I just I like, like to know. <laughs> I like, like, that's if a- in, I'll try them. Like I, every time I go somewhere that's like, oh yeah, the, their pies are really good. And obviously if, if it's just me, I'm not going to get a pie. But if I have someone to share it with who also enjoys pies and if that place is like known for their pies, I'll always try it just sure. in case it, that's like the one that's going to make me like pies. Um.
0: Not worked.
2: (laughs) Well, at least you're
0: open-minded.
2: I was wrong. The town is known for its apple pie and its annual Julian Apple Days Festival, which began in Wow. Yes. So let's see. Um, The first settlers to arrive in European settlers to arrive in this area arrived in 1850 or 1851, Um, and it is. Um, an official California historical landmark. Wow! Huh? So that is fun to know. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think re- it was part of the gold rush as well. I think there was. Some gold mm, I can see that. Okay. But they have this whole little downtown that looks totally like you know, like the Wild West. Yeah. Like fronts and things like that, and um, it's super cute. Really fun to visit. Definitely off the beaten path of San Diego. If you're visiting that area,
0: do I remember correctly? Is that do they have like people also to dress up like cowboys, like during the summer or something like that? Probably. Yeah. Okay.
2: It's, I f- yeah. I the think Julian Pie company.
0: company. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So. I'm just looking up, but yeah, it's definitely a really small town. I think its population is under two thousand. Um, but it's like one of those places that you're like, wow, this exists right here, and it like I feel like it's not well known, and people don't really know about it, and um, it's definitely worth checking out.
1: Nice. Um, yeah, it's been on. I've heard of I've heard of Julian, but I didn't realize that it was like a preserved kind of like old West town. I thought it was just in the wilderness <laughs> no, no, <it's laughs> that cool. makes it even cooler okay um okay my next one i have technically been there but i haven't i don't remember it very very well so but it's like i think it's worth mentioning in case you're in the area of alaska
0: <laughs> oh um,
1: <Yes>. yeah <laughs> so i went on an alaskan cruise cruise when i was little so that's why i don't really remember it very well uh, but we st- one of the stops was sitka alaska which is has a population of about nine thousand. and my personal recollection of sitka was that it was just constant rain the day we were there um but we did see um the salmon the jumping salmon like oh. like just jumping like you know backstream is that if that's upstream upstream that's what it's called um so those are like my two memories of Sitka which is you know kind of quintessential of Sitka Uh, maybe not the rain like depending on when you go but Sitka is like a world-class place for king salmon and halibut fishing so if you're there that's what they're known for. Um, it's also really close to the capital of Alaska, Juneau, and the Tongass National Forest. If you're into the outdoors, um, what's also nice is that it all of the um, the national historic parks in the area. Actually, I think in the entire state of Alaska, perhaps, are all dog friendly, which is huge. Yeah, Yeah, which is huge. Because I remember um, when we talked about Zion or like the Utah National Parks, Christian, you were like sad because you couldn't bring dog. I'll never Uh, forget that. Yeah. So, which is true. Actually, I've noticed most places like you aren't allowed to take dogs on the path. But if you're in Alaska and you have dog, then dog can go on
2: paths, which is really nice. Oh wow. my um, Easter are they afraid the dog's gonna get eaten by something else? I feel like it's Wait, if it's, it's, it's a small dog place. okay, funny
1: story. Back when I was talking about Harper's Ferry earlier, so we took my cousin's tiny like teacup um, <laughs> like this was a tiny dog. She oh. is yeah, like a tiny like teacup Maltese or something like that. Um, and we took her hiking, which was very funny. She probably hiked for like five minutes and the rest was just us carrying her up. Um, but once we got out to the lookout point, <laughs> once we got out to the lookout point that I was talking about where you see the two rivers, um, me and you see Harper's Ferry like aerially, we let her like down obviously like off leash just to walk around and she kind of like walked out a little bit to explore and then immediately came back to us and we were so confused until we realized we looked up and there were like hawks and vultures just like kind of Ooh. circling and then we realized she like she knows that she's tiny and she's prey
0: that she's <laughs> oh. dinner
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's dirty. laughs>
1: yeah so i think that's one thing with small dogs but maybe they're scared of like big dogs maybe like disturbing the natural things natural forest things i'm not sure but alaska's all about dogs so i mean obviously alaskan alaskan dogs are like so outdoors and so like alaskan you know (laughs) 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 but yeah sitka if you're in the area I don't know what will bring you there besides an Alaskan cruise or if you're really into King Salmon, Um, but it's a really cute town and obviously a lot of historical stuff to um, that to check out as far as like the tribes and things like that. Um, And also, I mean, if you're there in the summer, you have like so much sunlight to do all the things.
2: Yes. Right. Extra hour.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
0: Uh, mine is going to be really short because it's small. I mentioned that I usually like to go on vacation. I like to go places with lots of museums and such like that. One of my, however, if I want a, like a weekend or a kind of nothing to do place, um, which is just mostly a leisure stop, Solana Beach is one of my favorite places in San Diego County to go hang out.
2: Mm.
0: Have you guys? And that's been?
2: a stop on the
1: Amtrak.
0: It is a stop on the I Amtrak. I've been
1: before. I've heard of it. I didn't realize it was in San Diego. I don't know it, my geography. It's, it's oh <laughs> San Diego County. County. Oh okay. County. Okay. Gotcha.
0: So somewhere about halfway down between San Diego proper downtown and, um, orange County, there's a little beach community called Solana beach. Um, it is like, if you take the Amtrak South, um, from orange County down to San Diego, it is one of the stops, uh, along the way. And it is one of those places that I really like to ch- drop off there. And the reason why is, Uh, first of all, it's the beach. There are many hiking places that you can go along the beach and go out to the ocean. Um, I also like it for, it's the kind of very small little semi kind of art street where they have design, like they have furniture and stuff like that, but they have all these little quaint little shops, jewelry shops, and you can spend the whole day just browsing and looking at stuff that you don't need but you want nonetheless (laughs) um you know just like cards and wine and they have like little wine shops they have little antique shops um uh they have Lots of amazing restaurants. Um, so many of them are there are out where you sit outside. Also, I forget what day of the week. There's a farmer's market that opens up, so you can go get some local produce. And it is just a wonderful place to be able to spend a uh, like a day or two, just walking around, doing absolutely nothing and being super relaxed. So. That's my tip, Solana Beach. Um, I I can't talk about it more because that's what it is: <laughs> killing time and having a and and enjoying every moment of it.
1: Nice. That's what, all about small towns, and mm-hmm. it's just that's just great. There's so many things to do, but like, like to kill time, but like make it make it fun. <laughs> um, so we have covered lots. Uh, thank you to Kristen for at least introducing uh, the international thing,
2: right? Aspect. Well of I have it? one more international, I can oh, throw yay. In. Ooh, okay. oh, oh go I'll go go for rest. it. Real quick. Okay. Have does this sound familiar to you? You're in a European city or <laughs> another city that is Just overrun with tourists. English is everywhere. You just can't escape. The lines are long, and you're like, "Gosh, it would be nice to experience this place without all these crowds." Yes. Yes. I got a place for you.
0: This sounds like an infomercial.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, the capital city of Lithuania, Vilnius is empty <laughs> My husband's family is from Lithuania and we were there February 2020 right before lockdown and that is a beautiful European city that you can explore as probably the only tourists in town. Um, it is to the point where it's almost a little bit creepy. Like where are people? Um, but we actually loved it. Their, their old town is very historic. It, it looks very, it reminded me a lot of actually Vienna with a lot of this like 1700s architecture, clean, totally beautiful. And it was a capital city. There are things there Um and it was no lines places. Um we got to experience so much culture there. Um, Lithuanian cuisine, food, going to their museums. um They're also known uh, Lithuania as a whole for amber. So they had tons of shops where you could buy so much amber jewelry and, and like amber figurines and stuff. And it was just beautiful. And it was such a breath of fresh air of like not overwhelming and just getting to relax. And so if that's the kind of thing you're looking for, you can definitely find that in Vilnius and, um, just so people know, Lithuania is one of the uh, Baltics, so it's right underneath um, Estonia and Latvia. So you're also really close um, comparatively to the Baltic Sea. And if you wanted to, um, people are really into Riga in Latvia. It's very popular. You can tack on some really great cities and then also take your breather in Vilnius. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Love That's it. Great. Yeah. Yes, um it is because it's um a capital city, the larger area, like the greater area, it has a pretty large population. I think it's almost six hundred thousand, but it will not feel like that. So consider
1: it. Yes, it's considered for sure. <laughs> I,
2: I
0: gotta throw out something. I have not been here, but I've seen this and I think it's so interesting. Have you guys heard of Tuvalu?
2: No. Why do I know that? I've heard of it.
0: Okay. So, I mean, uh, you know, I won't go too far into it. Go look up a YouTube. Tuvalu is like the least visited country in the world, apparently. And it's it's like in the South Pacific. And it's the whole, I I think it's a country. It is a country. And they have like 2,000 people on the island. Oh, no, two, only 2,000 people visit a year. It's a very small island. Wow. But there's certain parts of the island that are so narrow that you could – it's with it's like 100, not even 100 yards. You could go one end of it and then run to the other side and be on the other side of the island within like 30 <laughs> wow. seconds. And, you know, they got roads on it. And there's only one airport. And it's funny because at night, the airport – Runway, you know, they only have a couple planes that come in a, a day. The runway becomes a pu- public square that everyone essentially goes onto the runway and they run around and they play soccer on it. And oh it's gosh. just a meeting place. So um, and they have this kind of uh, they live in family style homes. So like um, 10 people might live in one room and it's but just go look up Tuvalu and it is it is just amazing. The videos of people who go there, I mean, uh, who lived there. It's, yeah. it, it's so beautiful and it's so quiet and, and there's nothing, it's not, no one's there. It, it's just really neat.
1: That is so fascinating.
2: Nice.
0: So.
1: All right. Thank you for the, the international places too. So we're not just talking about the U S. <laughs> um okay so we covered a lot like i said and um that was thank you for tuning in for our small town big fun episode we hope you all had as much fun as we did let us know what you think on our social media channels where you can also find photos from our adventures from around the world interesting articles and
2: more and if you're newer to our podcast, check out some of our older ones on Cuba, London, and of course, France, just to name a few.
0: us in Paris is a university, of California, Irvine division, of continuing education production. If you need a career boost, looking to career, increase your workplace knowledge or seeking a new, a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. And, As always, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.
2: Bye now.